people focus on, they think, well, the key to success is if I want to be more successful, if I want to achieve more, I have to do more. And I believe that the real secret is not doing more as much as it is becoming more. And when you become more, you find that you can actually do sometimes even less, but you do it better, you do it more efficiently and more effectively. And so you actually achieve more by doing less when you put your emphasis into becoming the best version of yourself. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy every moment. This is one life. Life isn't about wishing you were someone else or somewhere else. Life's about loving who you are, being grateful for where you are, and constantly improving both. Hal Elrod walks his talk. As a Cutco rep, Hal developed himself into Hall of Fame status with the company. As an author, Hal moved past humble beginnings to become world-renowned for his Miracle Morning book series and his latest book, The Miracle Equation. In his personal life, Hal even overcame a rare and normally terminal form of cancer. Now, there's a movie coming out about Hal's life and his teachings. The Miracle Morning Movie premieres on 12-12-2020. In this conversation, Hal details the evolution of the Miracle Morning concept, explains why each of its six practices is important, and shares stories of how the Miracle Morning has changed so many lives, including his own. Hal Elrod is already the most popular guest in the history of this podcast. I know you'll love this episode, and you'll be extremely inspired by my longtime friend, Hal Elrod. Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. There's a generation of entrepreneurs and business leaders out there right now who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills that they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from Cutco's most prominent alumni and current leaders. On this show, you'll meet successful entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, superstar business executives, and transformational leaders from many walks of life. All our guests will have two things in common. One, they're all changing lives today through their work and their influence. And two, they all started out selling Cutco knives when they were younger. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Through hearing real-life stories and hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. Wow, good to see you. Dan, it's always good to see you, man. It's it's fun doing podcasts, but way more with friends. So this is cool. It sure is. And uh, you know, your original episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives is still the most downloaded episode in history. Wow. So the Cutco Vector community loves you. I'm excited to talk about The Miracle Morning today. And I know you've got a movie coming out. The Miracle Morning movie is coming in December. Yeah. That is so cool. We're going to talk about that as well. So this is going to be a, a lot of fun. Let's rewind a little bit, Hal, and just tell the audience a little bit about how you came up with the concept of the Miracle Morning. Yeah, the Miracle Morning is 
you know, it was never a book idea or meaning not, that's not how it started. It wasn't like one day I'm going, I want to write a book. What should I write it about? How about morning routines, right? It, it wasn't that at all. It was very organic and from my own life where in 2008, when the United States economy crashed, I had just, I was a couple years out of Cutco. I was coaching actually a lot of Cutco reps and managers. That was my primary business. And when the economy crashed, I kind of crashed with it. I lost over half of my clients, therefore half of my income, couldn't pay my mortgage. My house ended up being foreclosed on by the bank. Uh, my body fat percentage tripled. And for the first time in my life, I really got depressed. I was really scared. I didn't know how to fix my life and nothing I was doing was working. And about six months into this downward spiral, I, uh, John Berghoff, our mutual friend, he gave me some advice and he said, Hal, you got you to start exercising every, every day, especially ideally in the morning, put yourself in a peak physical state, which will put you in a peak mental and emotional state. And while you're on that run every morning, listen to some sort of self-help audio so that you take it in and you can go apply it when you get back home or back in your office. And I'm like, okay, okay, I'll give it a try. And he recommended this Jim Rohn audio, which of course, you know, I owe to you for introducing John to Jim Rohn and right, the trickle down effect here, your ripple effect, Dan. But on that run, I heard a quote from Jim Rohn and this quote gave birth to the miracle morning, right? Or it impregnated me, I should say, with, with the idea. Jim Rohn, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, essentially, your level of success will seldom exceed your level of personal development. Mm -hmm. And for me, I think it's having a background in sales. I always quantify things if I can. And so immediately the way I translated that quote is I went, okay, if my level of success is not going to exceed my level of personal development, then there's two questions, which is what level of success am I aspiring toward? And what level of personal development would I, would I rate myself at? And I thought, well, for all of us, I think it's true. We all want level 10 success, right? We want level 10 health and happiness and finances, right? On a scale of one to 10, all of us, we want level 10 in every area. And then when I assessed my personal development, and I think this is the, the disconnect for most people, I went, what's my level of personal development right now? And at that time, I was stressed. I wasn't really reading. I wasn't really growing. I was just working. And I was like at a two or a three. And I think that's the disconnect for the majority of human beings on this planet is we all want level 10 success. But if we're honest about how focused and committed and dialed in am I on becoming the, the level 10 person that I need to be to create the success I want, most of us are going to find there's this huge disconnect where I want level 10 success, but I am right now I'm showing up as a, at a level two or a level three compared to my potential. And so that was the epiphany is I've got to create the most effective, proven, extraordinary personal development ritual, you know, known to man. Uh, and, and start living that every day. And that was where I ran home and I just Googled what are the best personal development practices for millionaires and billionaires and athletes and CEOs and entrepreneurs, right? What are, what's the best of the best? And I was looking for one practice and I had a list of six. And I'm going, ah, which of these is, should I meditate? Should I do affirmations? Should I visualize? Should I read? Should I journal? I can't do all of these. And then the light bulb went off and I go, wait a minute. What if I did all of these? What if mm -hmm. I woke up an hour earlier and I did the six most timeless, proven personal development practices that the world's most successful people in all walks of life have sworn by for like centuries? And I woke up the next morning, even though I wasn't a morning person, I sucked my way through all six practices. Like I didn't know how to meditate. This was all new to me. But one hour into my very first morning routine, didn't have a name, wasn't Miracle Morning, I felt incredible. I felt so focused, so inspired, so hopeful, so optimistic, so energized. And I went, 
wow, if I start every day like this, I will be unstoppable. I will become the person that I need to be that is capable and qualified of creating the level 10 success that I want in every area of my life. And the only surprise was how fast it happened. Mm-hmm. I was thinking this was like a one-year compound effect, 1% better every day thing. It was less than two months that I more than doubled my income. I went from being in the worst shape of my life to committing to run a 52-mile ultra marathon, trying to keep up with our buddy, John Berghoff. And, uh, and my depression went away within a day or two because I, was, I, was, I felt so on fire. And I went to my wife and I said, sweetheart, this, this morning routine, it's like a miracle. Like my life is, it's totally different than it was two months ago. And she goes, sweetheart, it's your miracle morning. And I go, <laughs> Ursula yeah, named it. <laughs> I love this. She literally did. I mean, again, I didn't know that would be the book title or anything. And I started sharing it with all of my coaching clients, most of which were cut reps. Almost every single one of them told me, which if you're thinking the same thing, they said, I'm not a morning person, Hal. I don't know. I go, here, here's some tips and tricks, which are, of course, all in the Miracle Morning book. You know, Here's how you beat the snooze button. And every single one of my clients, except for one, it was like 13 out of 14, came back two weeks later and said, Hal, the Miracle Morning is changing my life. Like I had the best week in my sales career. I'm, you know, I just read an entire self-help book. I'm exercising like never before. Like I am on fire. And that's when I went, wow, if the Miracle Morning changed my life and I was not a morning person and it's changing the life of every one of my clients, all of these Cutco managers and reps, none of them were morning people. I go, this could change anyone's life and therefore the world. And I started writing the book. It took me three years. I self-published it and you know, the, I just kept sharing it and sharing it and doing hundreds and hundreds of podcasts and TV interviews and speeches. And you know, we, we've reached about two and a half million copies sold now and, and you know, there's a movie coming out. So yeah. Yeah. So awesome. So awesome, Hal. I love, first of all, I love that Ursula gave the name to the concept and to the book. That's pretty cool. The idea of evaluating what level of success do I want to achieve in life? And then, well, what level of personal development am I putting in that is going to get me to that much greater level of success? That makes so much sense. I think there's so many people out there who would tell you they want to lose weight and they're going to eat a cheeseburger today. And it's the exact same as the people that would tell you, yeah, I want to be successful, but they're not doing anything to move themselves in that direction on a daily basis. Yeah, it's true. And uh, I was trying to look for a quote that I had found the other day in my phone here. It was something along the lines of basically it's that the key to your success is who you become, right? You have to become the person that is capable and qualified of creating and sustaining the level of success that you want. And when you become that person, everything you touch turns to gold, right? Dan, you're a great example. You know, you built, you became the person that you are, right? In, in, in a lot of ways, at least from my observation and knowledge of you in Cutco, right? And that was, you know, and I know you were doing big things before, but that was where you became number one in the entire world, right? And now as you become that person, you develop qualities and characteristics and habits and the mindset you could do, and you know this, you could go do anything and you would quickly rise to being one of, if not the best in it because of who you are. And so many people focus on, they think, well, the key to success is I have to, if I want to be more successful, if I want to, if I want to achieve more, I have to do more. And I believe that the real secret is not doing more as much as it is becoming more. And when you become more, you find that you can actually do sometimes even less, but you do it better you do it more efficiently and more effectively. And so you actually achieve more by doing less when you put your emphasis into becoming the best version of yourself. Exactly. 
uh, it's just so brilliant. And you know, I, I love how you call it in the in the uh, the subtitle of the book the the not so obvious secret, right, to uh, being able to transform your life because it seems like it should be obvious, but yet yeah. if it were obvious, everybody would be doing it. Yeah. So, and you've got uh, a, an acronym for the six practices of the Miracle Morning. The acronym is SAVERS. So yeah. the first S is silence or meditation, right? The, the A is affirmations, and then V for visualization, E for exercise, R for reading, and then the last S is scribing or journaling, right? Yeah. Tell us why each of those six things is so important. Well, first, I do have to tell you, the way that that, that practice, those six practices originally silence was meditation and scribing was journaling. And I was writing the book one day and I'm going, how am I going to teach these six practices in a way that people will remember that they can implement? Right. And I was really frustrated with kind of writer's block. And I remember I literally can picture the moment I was walking down the hallway of my house. My wife was coming toward me. We crossed paths. She goes, what's wrong? You're all, you seem all stressed out. I said, I've got these six practices and none of them are new. I didn't invent them. I have to find a way to make it so that they are all cohesive. And she goes, why don't you get a thesaurus and see if you can find words to replace each of the words and form an acronym that people can remember? So she literally <laughs> named the Miracle Morning and she literally named the Savers or at least, you know, gave me the idea. So that's how, you know, this acronym came to be. So here's, here's what I'll say about this. These are, uh, a lot of these practices, you might say, again, I didn't invent them. They've been around forever. The world's most successful people from all walks of life have sworn by these for centuries, right? But a couple things. One is that a lot of these have been taught in a really impractical, woo-woo way. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't work that way. Like for me, I think it's my sales background. I'm very results-oriented, right? If I'm going to affirm something, I don't want to just feel better by saying, I'm amazing. I'm a great human. I'm awesome, right? No, I want to affirm in I'm a, a way. Money, I'm a money magnet. That's my favorite. I'm a money magnet. Money is going to flow into my life magically because I'm a magnet. Like, no, that's not how money works, right? I talk to anybody that's built a fortune. So all of the savers, the way that I teach them in the book, they're all kind of reframed in a practical, tangible, results-oriented way. I'll give you a few examples. Silence. So meditation, we're taught to just kind of clear our mind, follow our breath. Now, the advantages to that are it lowers your cortisol, right? You actually lower your stress level. You calm your nervous system. You make way for clarity and new ideas. That's great. My favorite form of meditation, though, is one that I made up. I call it emotional optimization meditation. It's more results-oriented. So the way this works is you ask yourself before you meditate, what is the optimal emotional state for me to be in? Now, that might be today. It might be just for this moment. It might be like in my life in general. Like if you're going through a period of your life where you're experiencing a lot of stress, aka 2020, right? <laughs> then you might go, well, yeah, in general, like I need to be calm and peaceful, whatever it is. It might change on the day. Like if you have a speech for one day or a, a big sales presentation, you might need to be in the emotional state of confidence. If it's the weekend and you're, you're going to meet with your, your wife or your kids, they're going to come out of their bedroom and greet you in the morning. You might need to be loving, empathetic, peaceful, right? So the point is you ask yourself, what is the optimal emotional state that I need to be in? And then you get yourself into that state. To do that, use a stimulus. Use something such as a memory. Or for me, like if I want to feel if gratitude is the state I want to be in, I'll just picture my kids and I can't help but smile 
right? I'll think about a time, you know, you know, reading stories the night before, whatever, and immediately I'll be flooded with the emotion of gratitude. Then I'll set my timer to meditate for five or 10 minutes and I'll spend that time deepening, embodying that emotional state so that I'm hardwiring it into my brain, into my nervous system. And now I am now becoming more grateful. I'm, I'm, that state is becoming a part of me and I now have access to it at times when I need it. So for example, throughout the day, if you're stressed and you were in the morning, you did a meditation to calm, to be peaceful, to get perspective on, hey, yeah, there's all sorts of craziness in life, but life itself is always perfect, right? I'm, I'm at peace. Well, in the middle of the day, you're able to stop, put your hand on your heart, take a deep breath and re-access mm. that state that you harness in the morning. And what happens after you do this over and over and over and over again, you don't even need the stimulus anymore. You don't even need the memory anymore. You literally just know what it feels like to be feel grateful, to feel confident, to feel focused, right? And again, if you can control, if you can manage your emotional state, that you win. You can get yourself to do anything or feel any way you need to feel to create the results that you want in life. That's brilliant. It's like developing an emotional anchor that you can you can have that can take you back to that state that's that, that way you were feeling in the morning, deliberately crafting that feeling for your day. You can get back to that anytime you want. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's very well said. That's awesome. And how about uh, affirmations? So affirmations are my favorite of the sabers and they're the most misunderstood. And you you actually, you gave, that's one of the examples I always give is we've been one of two problems. We're taught to either lie to ourselves, Like if you're overweight and you want to be thin, just say, I am thin until you feel thin and you believe you're thin, right? Like that doesn't make you thin, right? It's, it's deluding yourself if you're lying to yourself because the truth will always prevail. The second problem is exactly what the example you gave, which is we're taught to use this flowery passive language that promises a magical result absent of any effort on our part. Like I'm a money magnet, money's flowing to me. Nope, not how that works, right? So I teach three really simple steps to create affirmations that again are actionable, tangible, produce results. Number one, affirm what you're committed to. So if you say, I wanna be rich, I wanna, like, I wanna win the lottery, like great, you don't get what you want, you get what you're committed to. So I'm committed to blank, no matter what, there's no other option. When I was in Cutco, my final year, I'm committed to selling $200,000 in 2005, the year 2005, no matter what, there's no other option, right? And when you affirm that every day, that's what makes or breaks whether or not you achieve something is whether or not you're committed. And when you read that affirmation every day, you're literally programming your subconscious mind to feel, to stay, remain committed to that, that outcome. Step two is, why is that meaningful to you? You've got to affirm the juice, the fuel that will fuel your motivation and drive to follow through with making that commitment a reality. And then step three, what are the specific actions you're going to take and when? So now with those three steps, you're affirming what you're committed to, reminding yourself why it's so meaningful that you're willing to stay committed and do whatever it takes. And you are affirming and clarifying the actions that you have to take and that if you take them, you'll eventually get there. For me, that was, I will make 20 calls a day, you know, five to six days a week, no matter what, there's no other option. And I'm going to do it at, you know, 8 a.m. and, you know, 7 p.m. or whatever it was, right? So those affirmations, again, they're not, you're not lying to yourself. You're not promising something that's going to happen. You are actually affirming exactly what you need to, to ensure that you will focus your subconscious thinking, your conscious thinking, and your behaviors in the way that's consistent with what you're trying to create. Exactly. 
such a great distinction in how affirmations can work. And I know, by the way, we got into affirmations in much greater detail in our first podcast episode. And I just want to encourage people to go back to that one if you want to get more on affirmations. How about uh, visualization, Hal? So visualization, I'll say that similar to affirmations, I think we've been taught in a way that is ineffective. We've been taught to visualize the ideal outcome and that's it. Make a vision board, put pictures of what you want on it and see it every day. Which by the way, I I say a vision board becomes an invisible board very quickly because it kind of, you've seen it, it just sits there and you eventually like stop looking. The way that visualization is effective, visualizing your ideal outcome, yes, that's beneficial because you start to believe it's possible the more you see it in your mind's eye. But if you leave it at that, you'll actually delude yourself into thinking it will happen independent of your effort. Because you go, man, I've seen it so many times. I just believe it. I just know it's going to happen. It's like, well, are you doing anything to make it happen? Eh, Kind of like, but I visualize it every day. The key to visualization being effective is you have to visualize yourself engaged in the necessary activity in an optimal emotional state that will compel you into that activity. So for Mm -hmm. example, when I was a sales rep, Surprise, I didn't love making phone calls, right? So what I would do in the morning is I would visualize the alarm on my phone going off at phone time, right? 8 a.m. typically and, you know, 6, 7 p.m. And I don't know if those are still the times that are recommended, but that was back then. So I would visualize, literally see myself picking up the phone, turning off the alarm, and then I would envision myself walking over to my leads, opening them, picking up the phone, and dialing the first number. And I would always, as I would do it, I would smile in real time while I visualize. And I would say things like, this is going to be an awesome phone time session. I'd even say my affirmations. I'm committed to making 20 calls because I'm reaching my goals, right? And on and on. And I would combine the two. But the point is, it's rehearsing yourself engaged in the activity that you have to do to achieve your goals. And then you're manufacturing, if you will, this optimal emotional state so that when it when the timer actually goes off on your phone, there's no resistance. There's no, eh, I'll do it in an hour. Yeah, I'll do, I'll do it tomorrow. I can miss today. You literally, because you've programmed it at the subconscious level through daily visualization, you don't even think. You literally turn off your alarm, you open your leads, you pick up your phone and you start dialing. It happens automatically. And I've applied this to my marathon training, I apply it to every area of my life because typically the goals that we're trying to achieve, there's something in the way, some activity where there's resistance to that activity, whether it's training or calling or whatever it is. And so visualization to the rehearsal so that when it's game time, you've already been there in your mind, body, and spirit, and it's easy to dive in in real time. Yeah. With most of the activities that we have to engage in to be successful, I feel like there's a feeling a lot of people have before they do it of dread of like, oh man, I don't want to get into this. But then once you start doing it, you actually feel pretty good. Exercise, I think, is a good example of that. And through visualization, we can put ourselves into that feeling of how it will feel to actually engage in the activity. I think yep. back to, you know, there was a famous book many, many years ago called Psycho-Cybernetics by yes. uh, Maxwell Maltz. And he says, the mind cannot tell the difference between a real experience and one that is vividly imagined in detail. Yep. And so if you put yourself into that feeling of vividly imagining something in detail, what you're actually doing, as you were saying, you can feel that, you know what, I'm going to be glad I did this. This is going to feel good. And it's more motivating to actually get into that, get into action and do it. Yeah. And the best example of that, I, I, I totally agree with that. And to me, it's a nightmare. I think this is something everyone can relate to. Think about when you wake up from a nightmare. 
You're not actually being chased by a guy with a knife, but every fiber in your being, you're sweating, you're breathing heavy, your, your nervous system is shook to the core as if it were real. And that's the, to me, that's the best example we can all relate to of that the, the mind can't tell the difference between something that's vividly imagined or that actually happens. And if you've ever had a nightmare before or a dream that you were flying, right? You're like, you wake up, you're like, oh, dang it, I'm not really flying. I thought I was. Like, it felt like I was really flying, you know? Yeah, exactly. What can you tell us about exercise, reading, and scribing, Hal? The last three, I'm just going to say a few things. Exercise, you don't need to go to the gym in the morning during your miracle morning. But the benefits of exercising first thing in the morning have been scientifically proven to last as long as 13 hours after the initial exercise. Benefits such as getting blood and oxygen to your brain so that you think clearer, right? You have more mental clarity. You have more discipline. It also wakes up your lymphatic system. You have energy throughout your body that then gives you more energy throughout the day. So first thing in the morning, exercising for just, you know, five minutes. For me, I go for a 10-minute bike ride around my neighborhood, right? My legs are pumping up the hills. I'm breathing fresh oxygen. I'm, I'm looking at, I'm getting sunshine. I'm looking at nature, right? So exercising first thing in the morning is crucial. It doesn't replace your, you know, if you go to the gym in the afternoon or something, you still do that, but you get, at least get a little bit in the morning, some jumping jacks, some push-ups, some sit-ups, a walk, a jog, a run, anything along those lines. R in reading, similarly, right? Not rocket science. But everybody, we're all one book away from learning what we need to learn to transform any area of our life. You want to sell more? There's a book for that or a thousand, right? You, you want to you improve your marriage? There's a book for that. Want to be happier? Want to be healthier? Want to have more energy? There's a book for all of that. And the, the one thing I'll say is if you quantify something as simple as, let's say, reading 10 pages in the morning, that is the equivalent of eight, that's 3,650 pages a year or the equivalent of 18 200-page self-help books. 99.9% .9 of people don't read that many books in their lifetime, let alone every year. Cut that in half. Just read five pages a day. That's nine books a year to improve your life, to become the person that you need to be. So the Miracle Morning, reading is essential, and then scribing the final S and savers. Again, it's journaling. And there's magic that happens when you put pen to paper, right? It, it for, simply forces you to clarify your thinking, which, you know, thinking is, it goes up a mile a minute, right? You have one thought, it's replaced with another, with another, it's bouncing around in your head like a pinball. But when you journal, and all I do for my scribing is I write down what are one to three things I'm grateful for, and I put them in writing, I have a record of that, and I feel it, I deeply feel it. And then I look at my to-do list. And for me, I usually have, you know, 50 things on my to-do list uh, and maybe 12 for the day. And I ask myself, what's the number one thing, right? A la Jeff Woods and the book, The One Thing. What's the one thing that I'm committed to doing today on my to-do list that's more important than all of the other ones? And then I go, okay, and then what are the top three? What's number one and what are the top three? And I have to do number one to earn the right to do number two and then to do number three and so on and so forth. So that's my scribing process. And the last thing I'll say about all of the savers, I'm actually going to paraphrase what Robert Kiyosaki said, author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He's a big fan of The Miracle Morning. He's probably one of my biggest advocates for the book. And he interviewed me on his show. And he said, Hal, before The Miracle Morning, before I read The Miracle Morning, he said, every successful person on the planet swears by at least one of the savers and they attribute their success to it. He said, but I had never heard of anyone that did, you know, half of them, let alone all six of these. I think he said called them ancient 
best practices or something like that. And he said, that's what makes the Miracle Morning literally create miracles for people. He said, it's created miracles for me, for my wife, and it will for anyone that does the savers. And so that is it, is you can do any one of these and change your life. But if you do all six of the savers, and in the book and in the movie, we talk about you can do it in as little as six minutes. You don't have to do an hour. It could be six minutes or 15 or 20 or 30. You can completely customize it to fit your schedule. But when you do all six of these practices, you really do see tangible, measurable miracles that, you know, that blow your mind. Yeah. Awesome. So cool to hear how that was great. Now you have a concept in the book you call the 95% reality check. What is that? For me, that was a wake up call. The idea that, you know, if you look at 95% of our society, give or take, and there's actually, there was a social security administration study that talked, that's where I got the 95% specifically. They talked, I read this study and it said that at, at retirement age, only 5% of people are financially free and 95% are dependent on the government, their family, or some, you know, so something else to take care of them. And I thought, I guarantee that 95% of those people didn't plan that, right? Nobody goes, hey, when I, at the end of my life, I'm going to be so broke and so poor that I'm going to be reliant on other people to take care of me. And so that was this reality check because I, I realized it was true in a lot of areas, you know, that you look at 95% of our society, I, I would say, and I don't mean this as like a judgment or an insult. I think it's just kind of an observation of that we're, we're not living to our full potential. And that was me for, you know, at least half of my life where I, I accepted mediocrity. And to me, mediocrity has nothing to do with how you compare to the rest of the world. It has to do with how you compare to the best version of yourself. So mediocrity is a very personal thing. And to me, it's realizing that, you know, it's assessing, hey, am I living on a scale of one to 10? And in the Miracle Morning book, right, there's these bonuses where you actually assess this wheel of life, which I think you introduced that to me as well, right? But on a scale of one to 10, how am I doing in my health? How am I doing in my friendships? How am I doing in my finances? How about my career? How about happiness, fulfillment? You, you measure yourself on a scale of one to 10 in each of these areas, and then you start applying the savers to increase your level of success and fulfillment in all the areas of your life that matter most to you. Yeah, so smart. The, the 95% reality check totally reflects that concept of the discrepancy between what people would say they want yeah. and what they actually are engaging in in terms of personal growth and learning. What's your favorite story, Hal, about how the Miracle Morning has helped someone become a part of that 5%? That was one of the basis of this documentary was Nick Conadera, who is a former Cutco rep and, a, and now a filmmaker. He approached me and he said, Hal, I'm in the Miracle Morning community, which is the, the Facebook group with 200 and now it has 270,000 people. Back then it was probably, you know, 20,000 or something. But he said, I'm in the group. And he said, I'm seeing people post every day these unbelievable stories of how the Miracle Mornings enabled them to do extraordinary things. And so one gentleman we, we interviewed for the movie is Mike Eaton. Mike Eaton was overweight his entire, obese his entire life, picked on as a kid, you know, really did anything he could to fit in. In fact, there's a scene in the movie that brings tears to my eyes every time I see it where his buddy was recording it on a, on a, on a cell phone and they dared him to do a belly flop off a 40-foot cliff. And because he was so desperate to be liked and for attention, I mean, it just, it's cringe, it's crazy to watch it. He does this 40 foot belly flop off this cliff. And anyway, he found, he had tried everything to lose weight. He discovered the miracle morning. And in the first six months of practicing the miracle morning, he lost 90 pounds. 
you know, and we see stories like that all the time of, you know, someone that lost 20 pounds or 10 pounds or whatever. Right. But, it, but it was be, again, why miracle morning is not a weight loss book. It's a book on becoming the person that you need to be to create anything that you want for your life. And so he wanted to lose weight. He focused his energy through the savers on becoming the person that he needed to be in terms of his mindset and his habits and his beliefs to lose that weight. And six months later, he had lost 90 pounds. And people that do the Miracle Morning, they've applied that to increasing their income by 90% or, you know, or overcoming depression or, you know, again, it's universally applicable to whatever you want to achieve in your life. Yeah. So cool. T tell us more about the movie, Hal. Oh, man. So this is... Uh, the way this came to be, Nick Conadero, again, filmmaker, who actually made a movie called Sharp, which is about his Cutco story, right? But Nick reached out and he said, Hal, I'm seeing all these stories in the community. We should make a documentary about how the Miracle Morning is it's, it's changing the world. He goes, this is amazing. And I said, wow, I love that idea. But I, you know, at, the, at the time, like most of us, I'm like, I'm busy. Like, I'm super busy. I, I don't, you know, like, revisit that next year. And Nick is pleasantly persistent. He's you know, it was a good Cutco rep, right? And so he, he's texting me every few days and he's leaving me voice, like fun voicemails, like, Hal, we're going to make a movie. It's going to be awesome, right? And, uh, and then finally one day he called and I answered the phone and he said, Hal, what's your mission in life with the Miracle Morning? And he knew, but I, I played along. I go, it's to elevate the consciousness of humanity one person and one morning at a time. And he said, what percentage of humanity reads self-help books? And I go, like, 5%, maybe, like, two, <laughs> I don't even know. And he said, what percentage watches something on a screen, right? Watches movies. And I, I got where he was going with that. And I go, dude, we got to make a movie. You're right. Like, and his point was, and he, he said this, you're, he goes, Hal, if you want to reach humanity, you can't do it in a book at this point. Unless, unless the other 98% of society starts reading right? He goes, you've got to meet them where they are. So let's make a movie that has the same impact as the book. And, and so what we ended up doing was we wanted to go beyond the book. I go, well, if it's just the book in a movie, then why are you going to watch it? You already read the book. So the way we went beyond the book is we, A, we interviewed all these ordinary people like Mike Keaton that lost 90 pounds doing extraordinary things. And you see how they're applying the Miracle Morning to do it. Then we interviewed some of the world's most successful entrepreneurs and visionaries and leaders. We went to their house. We videotaped them meditating and doing their morning routine and interviewed them. And so you get to see the morning rituals of some of the world's most successful people. And then last but not least, halfway through filming, I got cancer and I was given a 30% chance of surviving. And I called Nick and I said, Nick, you will never believe this. I was literally in my hospital bed about to get chemotherapy for the first time. And I said, Nick, I have cancer. It's a very aggressive cancer. They're giving me only a 30% chance of surviving. And they said, I have weeks, maybe months to live. You know, and I'm, I'm at that, I'm at, I've got a seven-year-old daughter at that point, a four-year-old son. I'm terrified of this worst case scenario. And I said, Nick, the movie's on hold until further notice. I have to fight for my life, man. That's all that matters. And he called me back later and he said, Hal, I'd, if, you're, if you're okay with it, I would love to come to the hospital and be by your side these next few months and capture you beating cancer. You're going to beat this. And I, I want to share this story, an inspiring story of your mindset of how he goes, I know you're going to have unwavering faith. You're going to put forth extraordinary effort, right? And he said, and I want to, I want to capture this because it's part of the story. And so now the movie became so much more than I ever imagined because 
the first hour, you're watching the original vision that we had. It's, you know, you're seeing that you're learning all the morning routines of these successful people. It's, it's entertaining. It's fascinating. It's inspiring. And then at the one hour mark, I'm doing a selfie video and I'm in the hospital and they can't find out what's wrong with me. And then you're on a 30 minute journey with me. It was an eight month or three year journey really with me fighting for my life. And you see the mindset that I have where I decide I will be the happiest and the most grateful and the most positive I've ever been in my entire life while I go through the most unpredictable, scary, and difficult time in my life. And I feel like this movie is going to help so many people uh, do exactly that at a time when we all need a little bit of help right now. Wow. I'm fired up just listening to you describe that. That is so incredible to to be able to have your story shared as a part of it and all of the routines of all the amazing people. Like I've seen the list of some of the guests you have, and it is incredible. Uh, the people that you're featuring in the movie as well. Uh, it's just so awesome. So awesome, Hal. Tell us about the movie release. Where like, do you get it? When, yeah. yeah. When is um, the date? So we're doing a huge, a really special thing for the launch. So if you go to miraclemorningmovie.com, you pre-order the movie. And it's like 20 bucks, 1995. But what you're getting is you're pre-ordering the movie so you'll own it forever, but you're getting the real value. It's a ticket to the world premiere. We're doing a live online world premiere on 12-12-2020, December 12th, 2020, the eight-year anniversary of the original Miracle Morning book publishing. And you get a ticket to the world premiere. We're all going to watch it together. Tens of thousands of people around the world you also get a Miracle Morning implementation training that I just recorded that will immediately follow the movie. It's an advanced training. You then get a live Q&A with me and Nick Conadera and the film team. You can ask me anything that you want. And then it goes immediately into a brand new Miracle Morning 30-day challenge to kind of hold your hand and make this a lifelong habit, even if you've never been a morning person before. And so if you go to MiracleMorningMovie.com, you get all of that for the pre- you basically the pre-order of the movie and you get everything else. That's so cool. Awesome. And we'll we'll uh, put a link to that in the show notes at changinglivespodcast.com so you guys uh, can check that out there. So, hey, you've sold 2 million, 2.5 million copies of the book. How has the success of the Miracle Morning transformed your life, Hal? Oh, man, that probably could be a whole podcast episode uh, in and of itself. But well, I'll tell you, I'll give you the the selfish answer and then I'll give you the like the real mission-driven answer. So selfishly, the Miracle Morning has sold millions of copies and it is self-published and it's you know it's earned millions of dollars. And I never, you know, I think as a kid or or in Cutco, I'm like, maybe one day, you know, I could you know be a millionaire. Like you don't you just for me it was it's about becoming the person that you need to be to create the success you want, right? And so the, the beauty of the Miracle Morning is the more I help it's like what Zig Ziglar said actually, right? You can have everything you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want. And so for me, it's really beautiful. I had a realization a few years ago. I was talking to my wife and I go, sweetie, I just realized something. Every dollar we've made is because we've significantly helped someone transform their life. I go, Mm. that is a beautiful thing. I'm not selling drugs. I'm not just trading stocks. I'm not, you know what I mean? It's, I don't know, selling drugs would be even an option. But, But the point is, it was really this beautiful realization to go, wow. I really feel like I'm living my purpose. And then that's how it's changed my life is my mission when I was like 27, I defined my purpose in life to, it was to selflessly add value to the lives of every person that I possibly could. And that eventually evolved into elevating the consciousness of humanity as I saw that, whoa, I could actually 
reach a lot of people, not just a few. And so that for me is I think I was transformed my life is that I wake up every day and I am so driven and committed to reach, you know, at first it was a million lives and now it's a billion lives. And, you know, we've, we've sold 2 million copies. We're 998 million away from the number that I'm dedicating the, the entire, my entire life to. And that's where the movie for me, because it can reach so many more people, it's the next step in that mission to elevate the consciousness of humanity one morning uh, at a time. So, so yeah, it's changed my life in, in many ways. Fantastic. It's been great to see how I've told you this before directly, but just I'm so proud of you and what you are bringing to the world. It's a great inspiration to me. I hope to bring a fraction of the influence you've brought to the world as, you know, as, as uh, my life continues. And you're an amazing role model and amazing inspiration for so many people. Any uh, last message of inspiration or encouragement for our audience? Uh, yeah, let's see. Other than go see the movie. I'd love for you to join us for the movie. No, but it's, I think that it's, if you're listening to this right now, there's something that human beings, one of the things that we all share in common, I think, is we tend to project into the future or we create this gap between where we are and where we want to be or where we are and where we think we w- thought we would have been by now in our lives. Or if you're young, it's where we are and where other people are that we see. Man, I want his level of success. I want to be faint. I want, right? We, but, but the point is, we live in this gap between who we are and where we are and who we think we could be or should be or someone else is that we're jealous of. And so what I want to say is to be at peace with where you are right now and with who you are. Life isn't about wishing you were someone else or somewhere else. Life's about loving who you are, being grateful for where you are, and constantly improving both. And so I think it's so important to enjoy the journey, enjoy every moment, right? This is one life. And if you're living in the future, you're living in the gap, you're missing out on the joy that's available to all of us at all times. So be at peace with where you are while you wake up every day and maintain a healthy sense of urgency to keep moving forward, taking steps, and actively creating the life that you deserve to live. Brilliant, Hal. Such awesome stuff. I really appreciate having you here, adding value to our audience, and I'll see you on December 12th. Awesome. Thanks, Dan. Love you, brother. Thank you so much. All right. Hal Elrod, everyone. You can see why he is so inspiring and why so many people love anything that that guy puts out. Hey, with uh, that concept of the, you know, what level of success do you want? And people would say, well, I want, you know, it's level 10 of success. Well, what level of personal development are you engaging in to move in that direction? That is a brilliant concept, is really worth pondering for today. Are you moving yourself forward on a daily basis through the learning that you undergo, the personal development that you strive for on a regular basis? You know, that uh, becoming more is the key to having what we want in our life. Of course, uh, Hal went through the savers, silence, or meditation. I thought that was cool how he spun that around into emotional optimization. And then, of course, affirmations and learning a practical method of affirmations. Again, circle back to one of the original Hal Elrod episodes that I have released. He was episode number four 
on the podcast. It was re-released as episode number 80. Check one of those out, and he gets into a lot more detail on affirmations, visualization, the concept that the mind cannot tell the difference between a real experience and one that is vividly imagined in detail, and that you visualize yourself taking the actions that you want to take and feeling the feelings, emotions, inspiration, and motivation that you want to feel, the rewards of those actions. Feel that, and it will help you to do those things. Exercise, uh, being a daily practice, reading. Of course, I love where he said about 10 pages a day, only 10 pages a day, by the way, which anyone can do, is 18 books over the course of a year. That's a hell of a lot more than most people do in a lifetime after college, at least. And it's something that we can all make happen. And then, of course, the idea of scribing or journaling to capture the information, to capture the knowledge. Writing is thinking. It is internalizing our ideas. And it's one of the most important things that we can all engage in in whatever method you choose to do it. The movie comes out December 12th, 2020. Incredible list of guests that Hal and Nick interview as a part of the movie. Robin Sharma, Layla Ali, uh, Vision is on there, the Instagram personality, and so many other amazing ones. Robert Kiyosaki, the Lewis Howes, the list goes on of people who are featured in the movie and some of the things that have helped make them successful. Hal Elrod is living his purpose in life. And I just want to say to this audience that anybody in this audience can be adding value to your world and to the people around you. And that the more value we add to others, ultimately that value flips around and comes back our way. It's a way of being that I hope everyone in this audience can be inspired to take on. Cheers to Hal Elrod and the Miracle Morning. I'm so grateful to know Hal and to be able to have Hal as an important part of my life. And I hope that you guys can all enjoy the Miracle Morning and the movie as well. Hey, all. If getting and staying healthy is a part of your daily routine, you've got to try Organifi, the Cutco of superfood blends. Their green juice is a blend of 11 superfoods, and it's great as a part of your Miracle Morning. I know Hal drinks it, and so do I. Everything from Organifi is all natural and organic, and you just mix it with water when you're ready to use it. You can check out the full line of their products at Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. You get 15% off everything that they carry by using the discount code CLSK. Try out something from Organifi today and enter CLSK when you check out to get that discount on anything you order. Again, go to Organifi.com. And thanks for supporting this podcast. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. For access to guest bios, show notes, and other resources, visit changinglivespodcast.com. You can sign up there to receive valuable resources for free from people featured on the podcast. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.